from Live a Values-Based Life. I'm super excited to check in with you today. My name is Amber Sobrio-Ritter. I'm a behavior analyst and personal trainer, and I'm also a mom of three boys, one of whom is a teen, one of whom is a tween, and one of whom my third child is just raising themselves. <laughs> if any of you have like more than two children, you know, from three on, they just kind of take care of stuff, you know, like he's just living his life, you know, figuring everything out. That poor third child, right? That third, fourth, fifth, you're just tired at that point. Um, so yeah, I'm super happy to uh, check in with you. This is parenthood and this is fitness and self-care and we're finding a way to blend it all together. Um, today, I just want to talk about the biggest reason to start lifting weights. Uh, this is specifically for women, you know, dudes who are listening to this and are not lifting weights, you should also be lifting weight. Um, but I'm just going to make an argument for why lifting weight is so important. So there's all of the biological reasons that make lifting weight important, right? Strength training specifically is going to mitigate so many of the um, effects of aging, including a loss of muscle mass, a loss of skeletal tissue, a loss of mobility, a loss of access to friends or different activities, which then contributes to depression and anxiety and uh, mental health effects in the later years. But this is in addition to that, right? This is really going to come from a psychological mental health perspective on why it is so important to be taxing your nervous system with heavy weight and how learning how to do that will then generalize to literally every setting of your life. So when you put a barbell on your back or when you're holding heavy dumbbells, your brain is telling you this is painful. This is probably going to kill you, especially if it's a barbell and you're squatting. This is uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. These are all of the different things. Like your brain is screaming at you. You're not going to survive this moment, right? It's really challenging. Or why am I doing this, right? You have this heavy load on your back. You could be sitting on your couch relaxing. And your brain is asking you, why are you here? Why are you putting yourself through this? I'm not sure who of you have heard the story that talks about, you know, if aliens were to see us in a gym, you know, some other life form is to peek inside the human experience and see us in a gym picking up weights over and over and over again. It looks kind of silly from the outside. It's like, why are you doing the same thing? What are you accomplishing with this? If you want the weight up high, we just move the weight up high, right? And aliens would maybe come in, pick up the weight and put it on a shelf for you. Like, there you go. It's high now. What's move on with your life, right? But if that were to happen, we would miss the whole point, the whole reason that we're engaging in that behavior, right? We're not even, in, we're not engaging in the behavior necessarily to move the weight uh, to a different spot. That's not the important thing. We're engaging in the behavior to learn how to tolerate the discomfort of doing something hard. And when you think about anything that matters to you, it's going to require some discomfort. It just is. Because where you care is where you hurt. So if something is super stressful to you or super overwhelming or super upsetting, probably the likelihood is that that's something that really matters to you, right? And being able to stay in that moment, in that experience, in that situation requires you to know how to tolerate the discomfort of not running, of staying there, of breathing through it, of listening to your brain say all of those things to you and still choose to stay. And this is the interesting thing about lifting weights is that when I'm in there, 
I'm hearing messaging in my brain related to the discomfort I'm experiencing, the weight on my back, uh, maybe negative self-talk, right? This is also going to affect you. I can't do this. This is too heavy. Why am I here? Um, I failed so many times before. I can't stick with anything. Like how many of us just have this constant chatter, this constant negative chatter going on in our heads? If you don't, that's amazing. Or if you do, but you've learned how to move it from the driver's seat to the passenger seat, right? Or you've learned how to separate from it a little bit. That's wonderful. That's kind of a lifelong process though. So probably many of us, myself included, are still dealing with learning how to allow that chatter to be there. And when you're lifting the weight, you're hearing it. You're hearing all the doubts you have in yourself. You're hearing all the discomforts of your body, all the insecurities about your body, all the feelings of incompetence around feeling like you're not strong, like you're deconditioned, like maybe some social physique anxiety. People are watching you. People are judging you. You're experiencing a lot of discomfort and only part of it is even the way you're lifting. Isn't this crazy? Like, ah, the human experience is so challenging because it has so little to do with what we're actually experiencing and so much of our suffering is related to how we're perceiving or how we're judging what we're experiencing. Isn't that crazy? That like every painful, challenging thing you ever experienced probably was made twice as painful or challenging or induced twice as much suffering at least because of how you related to it, how you judged it, how you perceived it. There's the hard thing that happens in your life, a fight with a spouse or something, a hard moment with your kids, and then there's everything that either comes during or after. I didn't handle that well. I suck as a parent. I'm not doing anything right. Why can't I figure this out? I keep making promises to myself that I'm going to show up this way and I'm showing up this other way instead. There's the hard moment that you had with your kids and then there's all the hard moments that came after it uh, when you judged that moment, when you judged yourself in that suffering. And when you're in the gym, half of the pain, let's just say half, (laughs) these are not peer-reviewed numbers, this is just a metaphor, but let's say half of your pain is just related to the weight. It's hard, right? Physical exertion, it's challenging, you're sweating, Um, your muscles are tired, they're achy, you're experiencing all of the physical sensations. But is that really what keeps us out of the gym? Is that it's physically hard? I mean, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but we all, we, we tolerate discomfort throughout our day, maybe in many different ways, and we're able to continue to tolerate it. I think that a lot of the reason that people aren't staying in that moment has more to do with how they are perceiving themselves, right? How they are judging that moment. If you go into a gym and you haven't been in a gym for three years, you walk in, you perceive everyone's judging you, you start working out, and a lot of the negative self-talk is just, I can't believe you let yourself get to this point. Wow, I'm really deconditioned. Wow, I don't really feel good in my body. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm probably not going to stick with this anyways. That's, that's accompanying all of the other just already physical discomfort. And that's the thing that keeps people from staying, that keeps people from sticking around. It's not just that it's uncomfortable. It's how you're judging yourself for the fact that it's uncomfortable. Instead of thinking, wow, it's hard lifting this weight, maybe I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm such a lazy slug and I haven't been to the gym in two weeks and now I feel like crap and there's just beating myself up over and over because of how this hurts. 
But what if I could just tell myself, yeah, this hurts because it's supposed to. Like weightlifting is supposed to be hard. Do I have to judge myself because it doesn't feel easy? Isn't the whole point that it doesn't feel easy? Why is not there this this layer of judgment on top of the fact that it doesn't feel easy? Right? So when you go into the gym and you lift weight, the most beneficial thing, the most transformative thing that happens for my clients is that they learn how to be uncomfortable physically and emotionally and and psychologically at the same time, which is like, wow, hard, right? Wow, everything hurts. The negative self-talk hurts. My physical body hurts. Ooh, and this is voluntary. I'm choosing, I'm actively choosing this hurt so that I can grow in this way. They're able to step into that hurt, that suffering, that discomfort, And instead of judging that discomfort or that suffering, they're able to engage in different therapeutic exercises rooted in self-compassion research, rooted in acceptance and commitment therapy, uh, which is a wonderful behaviorism-based therapeutic model uh, that helps people live in line with their values. They're able to employ all of these mental strategies So that the only thing that's really hurting is just the physical discomfort of being in a workout. And that's no big deal. If you're a mom, wow, you've spent a lot of time physically uncomfortable. Why? Because it mattered to you. Because you cared more about the thing that you would gain. No big deal. Okay, cool. We've pushed babies out. People, we've gotten hurt. We've had illnesses. We've had ailments. We know how to experience physical discomfort. The hard part is experiencing the psychological and emotional discomfort at the same time, (laughs) specifically. I'm choosing to not only experience psychological discomfort, but instead of like going into the bathroom, taking a hot shower in complete darkness and breathing my way through it, I'm going to load weight on my back. Whoa. Wow, right? Nuts. Complete nuts. And what happens? I learn how to do that. I learn how to engage in that skill. I learn how to experience physical discomfort, whether it's a barbell on my back or whether it's a panic attack. I learn how to experience that along with the emotional and psychological discomfort of how I'm judging this situation. And I'm choosing to stay. I'm staying. So much of your life is finding a way to stay in situations that are uncomfortable but which you value. If you have a huge professional goal, how many times have you had to do something uncomfortable because you valued what you would gain from it? Public speaking, managing people, having hard conversations, setting boundaries. Maybe you're still learning how to do those things. Here's the amazing thing. If you start lifting weights, not only will you get stronger, but also... The skills you learn to tolerate the discomfort, the physical experience and the emotional experience of the situation that you're in, learn how to stay through it, this will generalize to other areas of your life. Now, the uncomfortable emotion that pops up every time you talk to that one coworker, okay, I know how to breathe through this. I know how to breathe through this discomfort and stay and hold my ground and make my case and set a boundary for myself and advocate for myself or someone else. 
wow, like lifting weights just potentially transformed your work life. Now I know how to stay in this moment of my kids fighting. And I want to have a tantrum, an adult temper tantrum too. And I have all these thoughts popping up about my competence as a parent. Why are they fighting? Why are they so mean to each other? What did I do wrong? Right? And instead of even having the space to be solution-oriented, it immediately switches to judgment of myself as a parent. If I can learn how to stay under the discomfort of being under a barbell, lifting heavy weight, I can breathe through this moment and I can check in and say, all right, what would actually help right now? Right? What can I actually do that's going to make a difference, that's going to help support my kids to move through this moment that's also uncomfortable for them? What can I do? Now it's potentially transformed my parenting journey. Apply this same thing to hard conversations with partners, with hard conversations with family members, with any discomfort that you're going to come into contact with. This has so little to do with the aesthetic uh, consequences of lifting weights. Of course, it's great to look in the mirror and see a bicep or a tricep pop in or to see a strong back. Like, of course, I feel proud of that. But that is not the thing that transformed my life. Having a nice back will not transform your life. (sighs) Having a nice body will not transform your life. If you have body image issues, they're still going to be there. If you have issues holding boundaries, identifying and holding boundaries, they're still going to be there. Your self-esteem issues are still going to be there. That is not going to transform you. You're going to be exactly the same person, but now in a body with a stronger back. So yeah, are you going to get a little hit of dopamine every time you catch your back muscles in the mirror? Sure. I mean, it lasts maybe five seconds and then you move on with the rest of your life, right? It's not going to make a difference. That's not the reason lifting weights matters. It matters because of how it teaches you to stay in your body. Don't dissociate. Don't run to your coping mechanism. Drugs, alcohol, food, online shopping, gambling, yelling, having a tantrum. Don't don't run to that knee-jerk response that was either modeled for you, probably, right? Or that you learned over time to cope to numb, to create a little buffer between where you are now and your experience because it feels so hard and it feels so uncomfortable, you're learning how to not do that. You're learning how to stay in that really, really shitty experience. Just stay. You don't have to do it perfectly. You don't have to be graceful. Just stay. Have any of you been to a Bikram yoga class? (laughs) Oh, Lord. Or a, a hot yoga class, right? The first time you go, they say, you don't have to do any poses. Just don't leave the room. That's it. And you feel like you're going to puke the whole time. And your body is telling you, this is going to kill you. You're going to die in here. Why are you in this oven? That's what your brain's telling you. Part of your brain, right? The part of your brain that's trying to protect you. This is all rooted in your desire to protect yourself from pain, suffering, death, right? But the brain is a little confused. Because what that part doesn't understand is that this is intentional to grow something else, to learn some other lesson. And that's all I'm saying here. That's what I'm saying lifting weights does for you is it teaches you how to stay, even if you don't do it perfectly. It's not your coping mechanism, like your, your unhealthy coping mechanism. It's not a buffer. 
you can stay. And maybe the first few times, that's all you can do. Maybe when you first start going to the gym, you don't lift weights. You just stay and you just tolerate the discomfort of all the thoughts you're having. Everyone's looking at me. Everyone looks better than me. People are judging my body, right? People are thinking negative thoughts about me. I'm so ugly. I'm so whatever. Maybe the first time you go, you just sit in those thoughts and breathe through them because what you're doing is you're teaching yourself that you can have thoughts and not believe them. You can have thoughts and not get hooked by them. You can have thoughts and just let them float on by like the other thousand weird, strange, random thoughts we have throughout the day. It's just a thought, right? I always tell my kids, don't believe everything you think. Why do we do that? <laughs> Why do we believe everything we think? We think so many mean things about ourselves. And what you're learning how to do is be there and just hear that. Hear all the judgment. Breathe through it. Stay anyways. And then show up again. Acceptance and commitment therapy the crux of it is that you identify your values, then you identify goals from those values, and then you, you learn how to move towards them anyways, even through your discomfort. Dr. Stephen Hayes is the co-founder of Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, and he was my uh, psychology teacher, one of my psychology teachers my sophomore year in college, which was a huge honor actually because he's like famous now. And in his class, he told us about when he was beginning his journey as a professor. And every time before he spoke, he would throw up. Every time. Every time before a public speaking event, he would throw up. And you know what your brain wants to think about that? This isn't meant for you, dude. This is not meant for you. Look at you. You're puking. It's messing with your mental health. You're so uncomfortable. Clearly, this is the wrong profession for you. You need to get out. Your brain literally thinks you're going to die. And it's so uncomfortable with that thought that it's causing you to throw up. And so in order to try and figure this out, like, why am I like this? I love my job. I love what I'm doing. I, I value this. This is one of my values. I don't want to run away from it. I want to learn how to stay in it. And what he did is he created this model that now helps millions of people and has the potential to help everybody learn how to hear those thoughts, defuse from them, right? Which means just create a little bit of separation between yourself and them, not get hooked by them, not believe them. They're just thoughts floating by like clouds in the sky and move towards your values anyways. What's my value? My value is creating a therapeutic model that's going to help millions of people. What do I have to do to live in line with that value? I have to speak at this conference. It's one of the many uncomfortable things I'm going to have to do in order to disseminate this information. And he did it. And how many people has he helped now? It's exactly the same for us. There's this thing that I value, whether it's adventure or autonomy, independence, um, uh, connection, romantic connection, these things that I value are going to require me to either literally or metaphorically puke before I do anything hard or before I do anything that's pushing me to a new level of growth or a new level of challenge. I'm going to have that experience because it matters so much to me. The flip side is all the judgment that I feel if I fail. 
it's so much easier to do things that don't matter to you, right? You don't puke before you do something that you don't care about. The flip side of love is suffering. The more you love something, the more you're going to suffer or the more you're going to perceive you're going to suffer if you mess it up or do it wrong or lose it. So it can be very scary to voluntarily and willingly push yourself into those uncomfortable moments. But that is what we have to do. If you want to live a life that when you're on your deathbed, you can check in with yourself and say, did I do it? Did I do it in the way that I valued? Did I really live it? Right? I had that one life. Did I do it? And a way to sort of get to the heart of that ahead of time is to do a deathbed contemplation. This isn't mine. It's Tammy Simons, who's a, the founder of Sounds True. And you just do a meditation where you position yourself as though it's the end of your life. You're laying in your bed. You pretend this is it. This is the end, right? You're reflecting on all of the moments of your life. And you're thinking to yourself, did I really do it? Did I really have that true love relationship that I wanted? Did I push myself vocationally the way I wanted to? Did I really have deep, lasting, committed relationships with friends that were meaningful to me? Did I show up for my kids the way I wanted to? Did I travel? Right? All of these different things that just light us up inside. If you don't know what those things are, maybe think about what you loved when you were little. Think about what you would do naturally with no distractions, with no concerns about money, with no concerns about time. What would you do? That can sometimes be helpful. And as you're thinking about these things, doing your deathbed contemplation and reflecting on what you loved before the world potentially conditioned you not to love it, you're getting an understanding of what really matters to you. If I'm on my deathbed, if I am visualizing myself on my deathbed and I'm already sad that I didn't travel more, that's telling me I need to push into that value a little bit, that value of adventure, exploration, whatever it is. And the benefit of that is that as you identify your values and create goals from them, you start living in a way that you're spending multiple times a day doing things you really, truly, deeply care about. And probably that's going to require way more discomfort than what you're used to. There's a reason that so many of us have values that we're not pushing into. There's a reason for that. It's uncomfortable. It's very, very uncomfortable because you care about it. If I don't care about cleaning the house perfectly... I'm more willing to do it because I'm not wrapped up in what if I fail at this. Isn't that so silly? I mean, it blows my mind when I think about it. I spend more time, right, or a previous version of me spent more time cleaning the house, doing this thing that I don't care about to avoid the fears that popped up for me when I thought about doing the thing that I really cared about. Oh, if I start to record a podcast, I could fail People might judge me. It might be stupid. No one might listen. I don't know what I'm doing. And a hundred other thoughts I'm, I've had over the course of this 
experience. And isn't interesting that my fear around those thoughts, my belief in those potentially being true, keeps me from doing it because I care too much. And I think, I don't want to handle the discomfort of failing at this. I don't want to handle the discomfort of learning how to do something hard. It's crazy to me because then at the end of your life, you're reflecting back on how it went and you're thinking, wow, I spent a lot of time doing things I didn't even care about. Right? I didn't even care about that. Why did I spend so much time doing it? It's because we're scared. We're scared of hurting. We're scared of suffering. It's, a, it's an adaptive mechanism that evolved in us to protect us. And what you're asking yourself to do when you go into the gym and you lift heavy weight is to literally fight against your evolution, override what your brain would naturally tell you to do and do something different so that you can learn how to get better and better at overriding that system. What an interesting system we evolved to have. A system that wants so desperately to protect us from bears and famine and death. And that has now evolved into something that wants to protect us from all of those things, but also suffering. Emotional suffering, psychological suffering, physical suffering. And the problem is that it becomes so overactive, you just don't know how to tolerate suffering. Uh, you, don't, you don't push yourself to voluntarily tolerate suffering. Of course, there's all the suffering of, you know... For those of you that know I broke a bone in my foot, I, step off, I stepped off the curb onto a pine cone. <laughs> what a geriatric injury, right? I couldn't control that suffering. I mean, life has its own suffering that just is going to happen because we're in human bodies. But now the additional ask is, hey, I want you to add in completely voluntarily, I want you to add in some extra suffering. But it's short-term suffering for the decrease in long-term suffering, the long-term suffering of decades of an unlived life, decades of not pushing into your potential, laying on your deathbed and thinking, now there's no more time, and I didn't do it. So it's asking yourself over and over again to tolerate that little suffering in the beginning. The work that you do in the gym is just a physical manifestation of what's really happening inside your brain. If you come into the gym and you learn how to hear your thoughts without getting hooked on them, and you learn how to be uncomfortable without running, it will change you. It will. And that's the biggest reason to start lifting weights. All of the other things are a cherry on top. Like, cool, uh, I'm not going to have the decrease in skeletal tissue that people who aren't lifting are going to experience. Cool, I'm going to be more capable and mobile into my own old age. Wonderful. Sometimes I catch my tricep in the mirror and it gives me a quickie little shot of dopamine. Cool. That's just icing. That is not the real reason that this matters. That's the case I'm making. That's why I chose the name Divergent Fitness because fitness is just the conduit. It's not the end. Fitness is the conduit through which you experience all of this other growth that has less to do with your body and more to do with your mind. That's the exciting shit. That is the thing that changes your life. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. If you know my journey, you know that I have used lifting as a way to get through every hard thing I've gone through in the last four years. From death to divorce to breakups to job loss to career changes to parenting kids. Many hard things that you can think of. 
I have experienced them in the last four years. And it didn't kill me. And I really credit lifting weights for that. It was a lifeline to hang on to when I was in a tunnel of darkness. And it can be that for you too. It can pull you through. If you are curious about lifting weights, reach out to me. Find me on Instagram. My handle is DivergentFitnessCA, like California, DivergentFitnessCA. Go to my website, www.divergentfitnessca.com. Let's chat about it. As a personal trainer, behavior analyst, and mom, I can help you find a way, right? When this stuff pops up, instead of saying to yourself, I've got a lot going on right now, I just can't lift weights. Oh my gosh, my family member just died. There's no way I can go to the gym. Instead of saying all of these things to yourself that are going to pull you away from self-care, that are going to pull you away from your lifeline, I can teach you to use it to get through. And it will get you through. It will keep you in your body. It will keep you intact. It will keep you from developing habits that bring you further from yourself. I can help you do that. And it's not about the way it's going to change your body. It's the way it's going to change your mind and consequently your life. As always, thank you so much for listening. It's so meaningful to me to be able to share what's been life-changing for me with you with the hope that it blesses and benefits you as well. I so appreciate if you can take the time to leave a review, share with family, share with friends. It's really helpful and I want as many people as possible to be able to benefit from not only my experience as a behavior analyst, but also my experience just as a human. And as a person who has been able to learn how to parent and love people in my life and myself simultaneously. I look forward to chatting with you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday and take care. Bye. Oh,